also, you want to go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. If your phone's turned up, now's a good time to turn it down. Galatians chapter 5 and John chapter 10. Amen. I've sure enjoyed this study, and uh, I'm trying to go as slow as I can. Some days it seems like I move too quickly. Some days it seems like I don't go slow enough. Um, But uh, I pray that the Lord is leading, and it's not me. Um, Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, we'll start right there. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become, uh, uh, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Brother Zollers, brother, would you pray for the message, sir? Amen. What does that mean to be fallen from grace? That's a term that is prevalently used in the free will Baptist circles. Be fallen from grace. If you, if you when, when, just when I hear that, I immediately think, oh, that's what they believe you can lose your salvation with. Um, to the free will Baptist circle, they believe that that word fallen is interpreted as severed from God. And I don't say that loosely because I've listened to probably five messages since Sunday night with driving back and forth to work, listening to people that believe, preachers that believe that means you can lose your salvation. And, and, and if you're taught that, it's real easy to believe that because there's, there's people that do. They're, 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 on one side, you have people that are free will Baptist, well, not just free will Baptist, but free will circles. Uh, it's prevalent in Pentecostal circles that they believe that you can get saved, but you can lose it too, right? That's, so that's where falling from grace, maybe somebody who's Pentecostal that believes you can use it or free will Baptist believes you can use it. They say, well, you're, he's falling from grace. They use that term all the time for they're not saved anymore, okay? But then on the other side of the coin, in my mind, I would say Calvinist Baptist, but really just Calvinists don't have to be Baptist. We have these circle of Christians that believe in the John Calvin point of view, which, which uh, uh, God already predestined, predetermined who was going to get saved. And you really don't have a choice. I mean, you kind of have a choice, but God already knew that you're going to get saved. And people that um, God didn't predestine, well, they're not going to get saved anyways. They're just damned to hell the moment uh, 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 of, of uh, when God started the whole thing. They had, there was just no chance for them. They're, they're predestined. It's a Calvinistic point of view. And of course, with a, with a Calvinistic point of view, naturally things come with, they tend to not go soul winning, they tend to not be fervent for Christ, because what's the point? Because what's going to happen is going to happen, right? Uh, it's just the, the mentality. But 
but, but this term, fallen from grace, I'm going to hit it pretty hard tonight. It's not a long message at all, but we're going to hit that term, fallen from grace, pretty hard. And why it does, does not mean that you lose your salvation. It just, it just doesn't. Um, they, so, so I listened to lots of messages this week. This is my drive time, just listening to messages, particularly on people that think that you can lose your salvation, according to this verse. Um, um, it would be frowned upon by some preachers to, to, to listen to an opposing view. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Um, I don't want to fall into, and somebody used this example one time to me, an echo chamber, where I only talk to somebody that agrees with me. Everything that I say, now it's just an echo chamber. And I will only have friends that agree with what I say every single time. You have an echo chamber. You know what? Me and t- if me and Tony have a disagreement on something in the Bible, you know what? One of us is right. One of us is wrong. Wouldn't it be good if I didn't cut him off? Because you know what? Maybe I was wrong on that issue. Wouldn't it be good if I talked to him and understood what his position was? So these preachers, they kept saying severed, severed, severed from grace, severed from So I thought, well, man, maybe the Greek word means severed, right, where they got it from. it. Well, it doesn't. Uh, the Greek word, I don't even want to, I'll try to say it, ekpito, like Anybody cares what that word means or what the word sounds like? But what it means is the word fallen, uh, from the, we translate it from the Greek, uh, it means to drop away. It means to become in, in, inefficient, uh, be cast, to fail, to fall away, off. They interpret fallen is to be severed. That's not, there's no reason to interpret it that way in any sense. Um. Here's a good example that I was thinking of. You don't have to turn there, but we know 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. But what's the end of that? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. I mean, what a verse to stand on. We, we ought to have that. If we're going to have, like, we, 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 we ought not get tattoos, but if we're going to get a tattoo, it ought to be that. 2 Timothy 2.15, right? Amen. Amen. Let's just set aside the free will Baptist for a minute. I want to. I want to give an example. Any anybody that believes in dispensational salvations, and the, they'll always go at least two. It's usually four or five. Uh, I, I it just. It just. I, I preach against it. I am anti. There's one salvation for all mankind. I'm so for one salvation. Uh, I've been preaching it pretty hard for the last year. Um, but people that believe in dispensational salvations, the, every time, not 99% of the time, 100% of the time, every time they go to defend that, they go to 2 Timothy 2.15, rightly dividing the word of truth, and they use that, that verse specifically for uh, dividing different salvations. Every time. Every time. So, so if you're raised in a church and the pastor is always talking, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth, I've had preachers tell me, rightly dividing the word of truth. But they're, they're, they're putting a presupposition of, of a, a doctrine in the verse instead of letting the verse speak for itself. If you, we, we know the verse. Paul is telling Timothy, man, you've got to study 
show yourself approved under God. I mean, don't be ashamed. You can be a workman. Amen. Rightly divide the word. You know, well, what does that mean? Does that mean dispensational truths by, by Clarence Larkin? <laughs> no. It just means that, hey, um, who's talking? Is it God talking to, to man? Is, or is it Paul talking to the churches in Galatia? Is it God talking to the Jews? Uh, what's the situation? Is it the Levitical Jews? Is, the, is it the priesthood that God's talking to? Because the priests had specific things they were supposed to do that were different from the other Jews, right? And, I mean, like, you've got to rightly divide it. Otherwise, we can put, uh, I'll put examples here in my mind. Okay, so, you right? You start reading the Bible, you say you're a young Christian. You start reading, wow, Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Am I saying that right? It's in the Bible. God blessed it. Well, no, let's rightly divide this. <laughs> Did God ever put his approval on that? No. No. Uh, uh, David uh, had an affair with uh, uh, Bathsheba, then ended up killing her husband, Uriah, the Hittite, is that okay? Anything that he didn't know. But if we rightly divide the word of God, we'll realize God doesn't want us to do that. Right? Uh, we take scripture in contact. And, I, and if there's anything I push here, it's that. Amen. Uh, I don't see any of us running into uh, flames of fire uh, in, in groups of three waiting for the fourth to show up. Just because it happened in Scripture is not a wise thing to do. Amen. Paul was bitten by a snake, but yet you see, you see groups, particularly in West Virginia, is the only ones were really left. They're going to be snake handlers and, and get bitten by a snake, and they think they're going to be okay, and people die from that. Amen. But you've got to rightly divide it. It was something that happened to Paul, and God saved him from it miraculously. Amen to that. But if we don't rightly divide, we're going to uh, attribute everything to us in every single situation. Right. Amen. As we come to this text, we see this term fallen from grace. And how should we look at that? Well, let's consider the text for a moment. The entire letter is written to those who are saved in Galatia and born again. That's the main context of the entire book of Galatians. I say entire book. It's like six chapters, right? We're already like 90% through. The entire context is the liberty that Christians, that born-again believers have in Christ. That's the entire context. The entire letters pointing to God's grace and His liberty that we have in Him. Nowhere in the entire book is talking about losing your salvation. Well, you might not have your salvation if you, if you, if you uh, sin too much. Boy, well, what a mess you get into when you start... Uh, having the idea, the theology, the doctrine that you can lose your salvation, because now the question becomes, well, how much sin is too much sin? Because now it becomes a works issue. Well, I got to be good enough. I can't do. I can't be bad enough. Now, now all of a sudden, it's on us to keep our salvation. We, we, we couldn't. We couldn't reach it. We couldn't grasp it. We couldn't hold on to it ourselves. If we, no matter what, it's all of God. And it's God's grace. It's nothing about keeping the law. It's not about being baptized for a salvation. It's not about uh, uh, coming to a Wednesday night. It's not about I have to read my Bible every day. It's none of those things. It's, it's just God's grace. And that's what the whole book of 
Galatians about why? Because people tend to be legalistic. People want to put rules on everything. The entire book Galatians is all about liberties. It's all grace plus nothing. That's his whole point. Galatians 5, 4, he says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. You know, let me use this. Let's just say I wasn't married, and I'm on a rough job, and I fell off a ladder, and I've done that a few times. <laughs> I hope I'm done with that, Noah. I had to haul shingles up a ladder the other day, 33 bundles. I'm a little bitter about that. Let's say I fall off a ladder, and I fall right on Rachel. I mean, smack dab, I fell right on her. Well, now i got to be engaged to be married to her because I fell in love with her. You say, that, that makes no sense. I know. I know. We use the term we fell in love. It, it doesn't really, like, it's just a term that we use. We didn't fall in love. I didn't fall on her and be like, oh, we got to get married now. That doesn't, we didn't fall in love. If anything, we dove in love. <laughs> I mean, it was like, uh, amen. And if anything, I knocked her down and drug her with me. <laughs> amen. <laughs> oh, man. We use that term fallen still today. I fell in love with Rachel 20 years ago. In fact, oh, this isn't in my notes, sweetheart. But the, 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 when I, uh, when I, this is embarrassing for me. The first time I told her that I loved her, what, what was your reply, Rachel? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome, man. You know, <clears throat> thank you, that was, Amen. We use the same term when we fall out of love. Nobody fell out of love. I understand it's a term we use it, and I use the term, right? I, 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 I get it. But we didn't fall out of love. One or both parties um, probably drifted apart for a, for a saved couple. One or both parties were drifting from the Lord. Now you're separating from each other. You didn't, one person didn't fall, right? So what's Paul talking about when he says fallen from grace? Paul's saying, if you put your trust in the law, then you're ignoring grace. Remember, he's talking to the Christian that's already saved. You know, if I were, if I were, we didn't fall in love with each other. We were enticed to each other in, and I did everything I could with my banjo to try to entice her, realizing that was the wrong, you know, wrong prop to use anything besides a banjo would have been better right but we're enticed to one another same goes for when we fall out of love or whatever it's a term we use but we're enticed to something else right you get the the, the theology the doctrine that we're going for it's not just a, a falling away like oh i fell no 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 it's an enticement to something else you didn't just fall from grace. You were enticed to something else other than the grace of God. Where was I in my notes? i got to quit walking away. Amen. 
Christians who are saved by the grace of God but are tempted to put themselves under the law, they're fallen from grace. As in, tempted to not put their trust fully in God, they're enticed to the law, which, is nat- which naturally draws you away from grace. It's not they're fallen from grace, they're severed from salvation. Nowhere in all of Scripture will you ever read anything like that. But, but when you're grasping at straws, you'll, you'll, you'll find some crazy justification. There is a... There is a man that I went to because he was... He kept finding himself alone with a woman in his office. So I went in there and said, you know, this is inappropriate. It looks bad. Blah, blah, blah. I said my piece. He goes, well, we got a window. And I'm sitting in there, and it was an old school-type door, steel door. And at the top of the door was a little window like this. And you could kind of like, if you kind of got up on your tippy toes, you could kind of look in there. And I said, you mean to tell me? I'm like, I'm like, 21, 22. I said, you mean to tell me, sir, that your justification for being alone with a woman over and over and over again is a window this big that nobody can look through? And he was like, absolutely. Because, because when you're put into a corner, you will look for any justification to, to, to justify what your stance is. And when you don't have much scripture or none at all to say why we can lose our salvation, you got to look to something like this, falling from grace. Then you've got to use it as not, that's not just fallen, it's severed from the grace of God. But the Bible doesn't say that. Never said that. The whole context of the chapter, the verse, the book is liberty that we have in Christ. It's a way of thinking. It's an attitude. It's not eternal security. If we become born again, church, we're part of the family of God, are we not? We don't become unborn for any reason. Noah is part of my family, whether he likes it or not. Some days he's happy to be. Some days he's not. Amen. No matter how obedient or not obedient he is, he's still part of the family. Right? He can fall away from obedience. He can fall from my grace, but he's still part of my family. It's ridiculous to think that somebody could be unborn. It's ridiculous to think that we have the power to say, nope, I'm stepping out of salvation. Oh, nope, I'm back in it today because I asked for forgiveness. Oh, I'm back out of it because I sinned. That is not biblical. It's just not not biblical. And and, and I can't, uh, I, I knew a man... Barely, we're singing, traveling, singing, Free Will and Ipsy, we used to sing there. Um, man, Free Will Baptists like their bluegrass. We, we're a lot of Free Will Baptist churches, they like their bluegrass, amen. A lot of good Free Will Baptist Christians I know, amen. I believe they're saved, going to heaven. Um, but a man, man told me, he says, yeah, I, I go here, um, I believe in eternal security. Um, so how do you say this? I believe in eternal security. He goes, that's what I read when I read the Bible. He says, but I don't want my children to know that. He said, I don't want them to get comfortable thinking they can do whatever and still go to heaven. 
I understand his point, but that's absolutely false. It's just absolutely false. If anything, it would be, in my opinion, be the opposite. I think that will cause people to be more like, oh, uh, you know, am I saved tonight or not? Oh, I, I sinned today. Did I sin too much? Or you do something really bad and think, I've absolutely lost it. I mean, if that were the case, David would have never made it into heaven. Uh, yeah, man, he lived a great life, but, man, he made, he made some major mistakes. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, 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 Noah, right after the 40 days and 40, I mean, man, completely did some awful things. Uh, Moses, murderer, really? Paul's telling the, the, telling the Christians in Galatia that if you want to put yourself back under the law, then you're falling from grace. And you're putting your trust in the works instead of God's grace. The whole context of the, of the book is don't go back to that. Quit putting your trust in that. And he's saying if you're going to put your trust in that, you've got to trust the whole law. And you say, well, that's impossible. Exactly. Only Christ could do that. Nobody could be perfect in the whole law. You can't. But what's the purpose of the law? To show that we're sinners. Right? The law is our schoolmaster to show that, that we just couldn't never do it. Amen. Paul never mentions the threat of eternal security. Turn to John chapter 10, verse 27. Or God changes his mind about you being part of the family of God. Amen. Jesus said, John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And those who believe that salvation can be lost by, by our works will say, exactly, no man can pluck them out of, out of his hand. It's only God that can change his mind. And I would tell you that, that, that I am included in no man. No man. I'm a man. I can't pluck myself out of God's hands. You're in John. Let's look at a couple of scriptures in John. Go to John 5, 24. A few scriptures and we'll close tonight. It's impossible to be unborn physically. Just as much as it is impossible to be unborn spiritually. That is just, I'm so thankful for security and my salvation. Amen. John 5, 24, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath. Is that, is that uh, a past tense? Or is it present? Or is it future? Or is it hopeful? No, it's hath, as in right now, everlasting life, and shall come into, uh, into con- and shall not come into condemnation, but is past, is past from death into life. Not will get eternal life as long as they don't sin too much, but hath, as in present tense. Look at John three fourteen. Look at John three fourteen. You know we got to wind up on John three sixteen in a minute. I mean, like you have to when you're so close, right? But John three fourteen. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You guys remember the story on that? As long as they looked at the serpent on the pole, they were healed. Did you know that uh, they were healed and, and they didn't have to keep looking at the serpent? 
and stay healed. They looked at the serpent and were healed and they can go back. It wasn't, you got to keep looking or you're going to be falling from grace. You got to keep looking. That's, that's now works-based. Works-based. I got excited when I read that verse, man. Look at, uh, look at the next verse. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. I love that. I love that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, if we believe in Christ, we have everlasting life, present tense. That cannot be taken away. If you turn to 1 John 5.11, we'll turn to a couple scriptures and we'll close. 1 John 5.11. What the world, what the lost man doesn't understand is we're going to live eternally somewhere. The problem is because of Adam, the first Adam, we are born spiritually dead. I thank God that we can be made spiritually alive. First John chapter 5.11 And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. I love that present tense. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have, present tense, eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Amen. It's all present tense. Right. Well, the, the free will believer might say, well, yes, present tense, as long as you're right with God right now at this moment. Man, I hope I don't think a bad thought. Because maybe that bad thought is just enough to get me out of heaven for that moment. Right. I'm so thankful for eternal security. If salvation could be lost because of our sin, then you realize none of us would have everlasting life ever, ever, ever. Because now it gets put into a works-based system. We would all be damned to a sinner's hell, a devil's hell. Amen. I love that song. I, I, we, it was, we would sing this in free will churches like at least three times a week. I'm not holding on to Jesus. He's holding on to me. I don't know all the words. I remember it now, but... The whole point is, we're not holding on to him like the free willers think. He's holding on to us. We're trusting in his grace. Amen. Every time we don't trust in his grace, we're falling away from that. Amen. Amen. Turn to Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6. While, while you're turning there, I want to read a couple of verses. 2 Corinthians 1.22. Who hath also sealed us? present tense, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. The indwelling Holy Spirit is proof that we have salvation. Not will get, but we have salvation. Think about the theology of it. Well, the Holy Spirit is not in us anymore. Oh, the Holy Spirit's back in us. No, the Holy Spirit's out of us. We are sealed until the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is literally our proof of purchase. I love that. We know, we know these verses, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of what? Not of yourselves. There's nothing that you can do to keep it. There's nothing that you can do to get it. All you can do is accept it. Amen. It's not of works because we'd be boasting about it. Amen. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit's in us. We have a guarantee that it's going to be in us, amen, until he returns. 
What's that? What's that all mean? What's that? What, what are you saying, Pastor? Once saved, always saved. I'll preach it till the cows come home. Amen. So when we read the text, and I, and I like it too. A lot of on Wednesday nights, we'll go back a few verses. And I, I know for me, and I'm imagining for you guys, when we go back and we read, stand fast and liberty with however the rest of the verse goes, like, like comes to mind the study that we've been doing on it. Like I understand those verses so much the more. So now anytime you, you hear uh, uh, the term fallen from grace or you read this fallen from grace, all of a sudden now, oh, we know what it's all about. Christ has become of no effect on you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. We know that our salvation isn't at risk of being taken from us. Paul is just continuing his letter about liberty and the grace in, in, that we have in Christ. And how that if you put your trust in the law, you're not putting your trust in the saving power of Jesus Christ. You're falling from grace because you don't trust it like you once did. But you're still a part of the family of God. I venture to say everyone in this room has fallen from grace plenty of times. Not putting our trust in what it should be. Putting our trust in uh, anything else other than Christ. Amen. I thank God for the grace of God. And I'm so glad it's not our responsibility. Uh, to hold on to it. Amen. 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 Brother Raleigh, would you close in a word of prayer?